0: Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message.
1: Hey, believers, welcome to Mother's Day 2020 live stream. And before we go any further, I want to say two things. Number one, moms, happy Mother's Day. You can see we have a special setup here on the stage. And we just felt these two gentlemen could help us. Uh, give great appreciation to all the moms. So, we're looking forward to a great time. And I also want to thank you for taking the survey. Uh, we asked you to do the survey uh, to let us know when you would be comfortable to come back. And thank you guys so much. And the date you picked, and we feel really good about that date too, is the first weekend in June. So, just a couple weeks from this weekend, we'll be coming back. We'll be following all the protocols. And all that info will come out to you. You're going to hear about it, and you'll see all the details. We actually put a video together to help you know what it's going to feel like and look like. And I thought it was so fascinating. One of the questions, and we didn't give you an answer. You picked the answers. There were not uh, multiple choice. We asked, "What's what do you love most about live stream Church? And... You said watching PJ in my PJs. That was the number one answer, guys. So I thought that was awesome. Uh, so you won't be able to wear PJs when we come back live, but uh, you, you know the live stream's there now, and it's been a great blessing. Um, you know, moms, we're so excited about this weekend. And I remember watching my mom. She had seven boys, and, you know, you're not appreciating them when you're young. And I just remember we all went to parochial school, so she had to iron our dress. Uh, blue pants and then our white cotton shirts and she used to take a loaf and a half to make our sandwiches for our lunches because we all were in school at one point together and then we gave her a hard time and I think the most common phrase that came out of my mom's mouth was wait till your father gets home (laughs) which was awesome but you know once I had kids Gina and I had our four kids Um, I remember one Mother's Day I asked my mom was there ever a time in raising us where you wondered if you were doing the right thing, and you wondered if we would turn out correct or good, and my mom looked at me, and first thing she said was, "I, I didn't think you and Michael would ever turn out <laughs> well." <laughs> but she said, "Yeah." She said, "I always wondered, were we doing the right thing? Was I, was I giving you what you needed?" And you know, I I think about you know, three of us turned out to be ministers, but that my mom, that wasn't my mom. That was a call of God. But all seven of, of us boys did become really good American citizens, productive citizens, and it was that incredible thing called a mom, that wonderful person. And we are so excited to honor you this weekend.
2: You know, I think about poor mom, I mean, long nights of ironing and packing lunches and the chaos that was there as I hear all of your stories about how much you guys were beating each other up and all those different things. Um, And I think about how it is really chaotic when your kids are little. And uh, for us, we had our four children in five and a half years, and I was just, the greatest gift anybody could give me was sleep at that time. Um, And it felt like, because I didn't have a lot of sleep, it felt like the minutes were just dragging by. Even though I adored my children, I, I have such happy memories of raising them, But you're tired, and it's noisy and chaotic, and the to-do list is never done. And I often think about how much easier life is now, because no matter how many work hours I have, it could be a 70-hour work week, nothing compares to the kind of energy it took to raise my little ones. And so if I could go back to that younger version of me, I would say this season, it does have a beginning uh, And it does have an end. It won't always be that you're not getting your sleep. It won't always be that things are interrupted constantly or that the to-do list can never get done. And as people say, actually, when you're looking back on it, it flies by, and so try to enjoy it and um, give yourself a pat on the back while you're going through it because it is not an easy job. So moms, we honor you and appreciate you, and it will get easier. Now, gentlemen, Why don't we start off, tell us a little bit about yourselves and why being a dad makes you appreciate your mom and your wife so much.
3: Yeah, I'm Steve Zuppo. My wife is Terry. She's the director of B Kids here at the Warren campus. Um, I work uh, full time in the banking industry and then on the weekends I'm over at the Boardman campus uh, helping out in a number of different areas over there. Uh, We have two kids. My son, Steven, is 10. My daughter, Elizabeth, is 7. We homeschool. And when I say we, I mean she homeschools because Terry kind of does pretty much 99.9% of that. Um, That's one of the areas that I appreciate most um, of her being a mom is that she does the homeschooling. Um, She does, you know, the the heavy lifting as far as um, taking care of the kids when I'm at work most of the, most of the day. She is, um, she takes care of, um, the house overall. And in between of all that, she's working on her laptop in between and during all of that. And I know all the moms, uh, out there are doing the same thing that she's doing. Um, you know, a thousand different running arounds at one time. And, uh, I just, I appreciate her and all the moms for that uh, for all that they're doing. My name's
4: Logan Reinard. Um, My wife, Tracy and I, we have two amazing kids. We have Knox, which is two years old. uh, And then we have Jaden, which is 15 years old. And so my wife, Tracy, um, not only is she an amazing wife, an amazing mom, but she's also uh, the owner of our business. And, And even though she's at home, doing wor- working at home probably 80% of the time uh she balances that mom work wife life so well and there's going to be times where I'll come home and she's changing the diaper in the baby and he's screaming and then the teenager is still talking about fashion and cheerleading and yet I'm wa- like w- visually watching the juggle happen in front of me and she does an amazing job but it's funny because as parenthood for me goes on. Not only do I appreciate my wife even more, but also appreciate my mom and putting her through what I put her through when I was young. And I remember when um, Tracy had a photo shoot, I think in Cleveland, and it was just me and our daughter Jaden. And for whatever reason, I was sick. I had the flu. And I remember calling my mom and just saying like, hey, I'm i coming over. Like, I'll be there in 10, 15 minutes, but I'm coming over because I can't do this alone. And, and I think it was that day that it just dawned on me that like moms are the best. They're there for you all the time. And they don't take sick days. They don't take days off. No matter what's going on, they're always there for you. And um, I think it was that day too, I I just remember thinking to myself like single moms are absolute rock stars. Big
2: shout out to the single moms.
4: Single moms don't get enough credit. They don't get enough breaks. And and it's just incredible to me thinking to myself, like, I can't wait until my wife gets home. But I, I think like single moms, they just don't get enough breaks for that. And uh, single moms, you guys keep on going because you are doing a great job.
1: I love it, Logan. That is so awesome. You know, um, I think of moms, I think of this incredible ability and patience that they have, which I didn't have. I, I remember when we were first married, I'd stay up to 2 a.m. in the morning playing video games. This is before the internet, but really bad resolution. But uh, then Joe Jr. came along. He was our firstborn. It's like, oh, man, I have to be more responsible. (laughs) (laughs) And I just had no patience. And, And Church, many of you, you've heard some of these stories. But I remember the first time I watched him, and you weren't there, and he's on bottles. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, this is taking so long. So I got one of those big pens that you put through turkeys to cook. (laughs) And I just made the hole about three times bigger. The bottle finished quicker, but most of it went down the side of his mouth. This is so true. I have no patience. Yeah. And then Wednesday nights, we used to have church where um, I would teach. And then the student ministry, the children's ministry, like it does now in our connect groups going on. And on Wednesday nights, our daughter, Michelle, was meticulous with homework. She just had to. Always have her homework done, but she she always struggled when she was tired. And so we'd come home about 9:30, 9:45 on Wednesday nights, and I'd I'd tell Gina go to bed because you're going to get up earlier than I am, and you're going to get dinner ready before you go to work. And I'd sit with Michelle, and she'd keep dropping her pencil, and then I'd I'd practically give her the answers, and she was so tired she didn't want to write them. So I, I remember the first night I did this, I just kissed her on the head and said, go to bed, and I did her homework for her. <laughs> Gina was so mad at me the next day. I said, I'm going to do it every Wednesday night because this is just... And I figured by the time she's 20, she'll know what 23 plus 22 is. You know, she'll, she'll know that.
2: Hashtag parenting fail. Yeah, you know? so oh my goodness. I appreciate moms for you. These patience. are true stories, by the yeah, way. Yeah, they are. All right, well, you know, moms tend... To be really hard on themselves at times, they set the bar very high, the, to, the to-do list is very long and you can never imagine really getting it all done. You, you imagine it but you don't. What would you guys say to moms who are really hard on themselves for the different things that they can't get done, the, the standard they've set?
3: First of all, unfortunately, I think being a mom is a thankless job. Um, even though they should be thanked for every task they do, I think there, there's five tasks, tasks added to them instead of being thanked. Um, you know, throughout the day, there's a thousand things that moms do, um, that moms have on their plate. And I think at the end of the day, the most important thing for, for moms, because every one of them has uh, different things going on in their lives. You have single moms, you have moms who are uh, dealing with uh, kids with special needs, um, you have uh, moms who are working full-time jobs. Out of that thousand things that's going on, I think that they can't dwell on maybe the one thing they wish that they would have gotten done or would have done differently, but they need to basically rejoice on the 990 th- 999 things that they did right, that that's they so got true. done, and that um, that they accomplished that nobody else could do. Yeah, yeah that
4: is so it. true. Yeah, and just going off of what you're saying, I think that uh, in my experience, I think moms put too much pressure on themselves based on putting the value on what they do rather than just putting the value on simply on who they are. Like, you're the mom. You're the best thing that that kid has. And the other day we were sitting in our living room uh, just kind of unwinding for the day. And it's like 7.30, 8 o'clock, and Tracy bounces up and goes, oh, my gosh, I forgot to feed the baby. And I'm like, well, all right, let's just get him some dinner. I mean, I'm looking at him. He's jumping on the couch. He's playing with trucks. He's acting normal. Like, you know, the kid's not, like, missing meals. Like, he's fine. This is the first time this has ever happened. And she just felt so much guilt of saying, oh, my gosh, I forgot to feed the baby. And I'm thinking, it's been three weeks since I remembered to feed the baby. Like, I'm pretty sure he's okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I think that's the number one value is that moms tend to think that my value is placed on what I do not simply based on who I am. And and I remember a time when um, Knox, our youngest, was uh, maybe a year and a half, it was just in December, and somebody asked him to be in their wedding and be the ring bear. If your kid's under the age of four, it is never a good idea for your kid to be the ring bear. And so I remember, uh, now my wife and I were both wedding photographers, and so she's in the front and I'm more towards the back, and I look in the lobby, and I see my son Knox just screaming in the lobby. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So I look at her and she looks at me and I well, i don't know what that means but, but I picked up on it pretty quick. It means you go get that kid. So I put down my camera and I run out in the lobby and I and I grab Knox, and now he's screaming at me. Like, it's a personal, like, I went after him. And he's screaming at me and screaming at me. And I'm like, I don't know what to do, but it's, it's his time next to go down the aisle. So I do what any good father does. I put him in that aisle, and I force him to go down. <laughs> and it didn't help anything. And he starts screaming in the middle of the aisle. And I run back to my camera. I look, and he's not moving. And so I run back over to Knox, and I pick him up. And I don't know what to do, so I just... Covered in sweat and I'm nervous and I'm like, oh, this is embarrassing. I just hand him to the groom I run down to the aisle and I say here you go Your problem now and I run back to my camera and it's in that moment. You realize he's not hungry He's not tired. He's not mad about being in a wedding. He's not mad about wearing a suit He just wants his mom And and I think that is such a great reminder to all moms is that you simply just being the mom is the greatest thing that you can do for that kid.
2: It's true. They go to mommy for comfort. I don't know why dads, they go to mommy for comfort.
1: We may not have any to offer. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I want to exhort all of us at this time. I want to exhort the moms um, and, and all of us, dads, women that aren't mothers. Uh, I notice this. When a young woman, once she has a child, there's a grace that comes on her that in my opinion, it's amazing. That grace to nurture, the grace to be a mom, it's just amazing to watch. But even so, there are days and there are weeks and there are seasons. I'm sure this COVID-19 season is one of them where um, you need extra grace, you need extra help. And all of us in every area of our life, uh, our businesses, our professions, there are times when we need extra grace. And one of my favorite places in the Bible is when the apostle Paul is complain praying. And I don't think that's wrong. He's just saying to God, I have this messenger from Satan. He keeps buffeting me. He just keeps messing my life up. And, and it was truly a messenger sent to make his life miserable. And he kept, uh, spurring on attacks with Paul, all kinds of attacks. And, uh, so Paul said God would you take him off my back? Just get this guy off my back. And so Paul's wanting to be bubble boy. He wants to be in a bubble, right? I don't I want to go through life with no trouble. And he did have a lot of extra trouble. Yeah. But I thought the answer was amazing because as long as we live in this world, we're going to have trouble. And if you're a mom, you're you're going to have days and weeks that are really tough, seasons that are difficult. And all of us in every year of our life we can always cry out for the grace of god and i just want i want to read this scripture because here's what god said to paul he said in second corinthians 12:9 but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you and i'm reading the amplified because they just did a good great job bringing the language out, the original language my loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough always available regardless of the situation for my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. And so, what he's saying is, when we're going through the toughest time, God wants to flood us with more grace. And grace, the best definition in this context is God's ability that supersedes our ability. And he just wants to give us more. And I, I want to finish this out. Listen to how it finishes. Therefore, I, I will all the more gladly boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. In other words, he's saying, you know what? When we're going through our worst moment, God has some extra grace for us, even for moms. As much as you already have, he has some extra grace. And before we close today, which is we, we have more, but I'm going to pray for moms and for everybody for that grace to come up higher in your life. But I just want to encourage you that God has extra grace for you.
2: That's so good, that's what we need. We all have those days and we need that so much. Now, dads, you are great, you are wonderful, you are competent. She's setting mess up. <laughs> you are hardworking. <laughs> but every dad has some stories about how something went wrong when he had to walk in his wife's shoes. So I want to hear some stories, bring them on.
3: Absolutely. First of all, I'll say that moms are a little deceptive in one area. They tend to make parenting look way easier than it actually is. They really do. And I'll, I'll set this scenario up with, so sometimes if, if I'm off uh, during the week and Terry goes into the office to work or goes somewhere else, I'm alone with the kids flying solo, and I decide to take them to, let's say, McDonald's. So the first first of all, I have to get them ready for the day. And no matter what, whenever I get them dressed, they always seem to be off season. So if it's winter, they come out with like shorts on. (laughs) If it's summer, they have hoodies. And it's like an hour explanation right there just to tell them why they can't be wearing what they're wearing. So once I get them dressed, I tell them, go get your shoes on. I go grab a couple things. I go to the door. And what do I find? One's like playing with a puzzle. The other one's looking at a TV that may or may not be on. Um, at that point, my patience is either very close to gone or completely gone. Um, so you know, I'm setting an atmosphere for just a great day right there. So we get in the car and then that's the next battle. The next battle is the radio. Either the kids are fighting over what to listen to or they, want, they agree on something, but I completely can't stand what they wanna, what they wanna listen to. So that's pretty much the drive to McDonald's. We get there and then there's the, there's the family civil war over the Happy Meal, whether have it or not. And I try to explain to them, it's gonna break, it's gonna be everywhere, and I'm not gonna buy it. Now I won't lie, I do lose that war at times. It just is what it is. So we get seated, but when we go up to the booth, it usually is they both wanna sit with me, but they don't wanna sit together. So what happens, they're both in the booth and I have to pull a chair and I'm sitting at the end getting bumped into by everybody so that I can, I can make this scenario work. So at the end then, we finish up and you reverse the whole situation. The car ride home is the same radio situation, <laughs> getting them their shoes off and all that. And it's just like basically ends up one task for me is a frustrating like fiasco at times. Then you reverse it with Terry. So I get home. I'll ask her, what did you do throughout the day? And what did she do? She went to like Aldi's, Walmart. She went to Walgreens and Target. She did like five or six things with the kids. And I'm completely shocked. I'm looking like, wait, nobody's dead. How is, how is everybody alive and you made it through like five tasks when I can't do a meal with them?
4: It's all, it's all amazing because for moms, it looks easy. For moms, it looks flawless. And uh, I think moms are great preppers. Like moms have the diaper bag ready to go. Any scenario that could happen, don't worry. We got it covered in the diaper bag. And uh, it, one of my first excursions with with knox went a little south now here's the thing my wife would tell me about like oh we went to target for eight hours uh i'm like how do you spend eight hours at target but it always is is that's another
2: topic a whole other
4: topic uh we went to the zoo we went to three museums knox now knows sign language and japanese and you're like oh my this is eat i can't wait for a time where I can spend the whole day with Knox. And so one of my first outings with him, I think we went out to uh, like Boardman, went to a coffee shop and was just gonna meet up with a friend, have a talk, have some coffee, easy, real simple, I'm not doing anything extravagant, no museums, no target runs, we're just gonna stay in a small spot and drink coffee. And we're, we're getting ready to wrap up and Knox has been sleeping the entire time. And then all of a sudden we're getting ready to go and it, I go, oh my gosh, this smells really bad in here. And I can tell it's coming from my child. And so I, I think to myself, okay, I have the diaper bag, we're set. So we go into the bathroom to change, when I say we, it's just me and him. We go into the bathroom to change his diaper and I go into the diaper bag and there's uh, some wipes and a diaper, we're good. There's no changing table. So we gotta do it on the floor. Ladies, if there's no changing table, I understand your problems now. So I'm changing him on the concrete bathroom floor Ew. and then all of a sudden he rolls over and every mess that you can understand is now all over the place. But I get back into the diaper bag. There's no change of clothes. I don't know what to do, and again, I am covered in sweat. I'm nervous, I'm embarrassed. We come out, I I mean, I still, I'm thinking to myself, like, I know everybody in here is looking at me. I know everybody is thinking to myself, this dad doesn't know what he's doing. I'm apologizing to tables, I'm so sorry. I know it smells, like, can I buy you another coffee? And like, I'm just, I say to my friend, listen, we gotta go, and I think that's how most of my one-on-one hangouts go with my kids, is that it ends with, listen, we gotta get out of (laughs) here.
1: That's, that's a great story. I love these stories. Um, I, I struggle with pushing the envelope, uh, doing things before I was supposed to. And I really think we couldn't Google back then. With, when, and, I, and I always made mistakes with Joe Jr. So w- one day he wanted some Italian sausage, and I'm cutting it up and feeding it to him. And then Gina walks in the room and says, what are you doing? And I go, he has teeth. He can eat it. You know, and she goes, but it has hot pepper. It's going to hurt him tomorrow. And I'm like, sorry, dude. You know, and then the one time I fed him popcorn a little early. Um,
2: yes, there was the choking hazard of the popcorn. Yeah,
1: and she came in and was just like, what are you doing? You could choke. And I said, well, I'm here. I'll pat him on the back or so I'll make this work. You know, it, it will be okay. But the worst story, um, and again, it's Joe because he's the firstborn. Um, Gina went away overnight. And, or I was watching him, I don't know for what, but I put him to bed. And I was eating raisins, and he wanted some, so no one ever told me he couldn't have raisins.
2: He didn't quite have the teeth yet for raisins. But I, I gave
1: him a bunch of raisins because he kept asking for more. A
2: bunch, a bunch, a bunch. And then I
1: changed his diaper, put him to bed, and I unfortunately didn't tighten it around his legs properly. Um, it was a bit loose. And uh, so the next morning I got up to go to work, and I left early. And then I received a phone call because when Gina walked in the room, those raisins uh, turned into grapes. And now, you can tell the story.: Picture
2: <laughs> not just a few raisins hydrating into grapes, unchewed raisins, but like a box of raisins. And that crib first, I walk in the room and it stinks terribly, but that h- entire crib is, <laughs> is filled with raisins. <laughs>
1: We titled this message, Why the World Needs Moms, and this is one of the reasons the world needs moms. This is
2: great. I could listen to these all day long. All right. What we need now is tips. Give some tips to moms and dads. What helps? What hurts? Something here. Give us something here.
3: Absolutely. My advice to dads is this. When the opportunity presents itself, let your wife, let mom, de-mom. And even when it doesn't let the opportunity lets it present itself, still try to make it happen. Um, it, could be, it could be a big, could be little, let them get out of the house when the opportunity is there. Um, it could be something as simple as uh, what Terry and I do is when I get home from work, um, we started this um, just maybe a few months ago and we have coffee time. So we tell the kids, you know, go in the bedrooms, go in, you know, down and play in the family room, um, go to the neighbor's house. Whatever, just get, just leave. You can't be here. You, you, don't care what you do. Just don't be here. And what it does is it gives Terry the opportunity to de-mom. She can have adult interaction, something she usually doesn't get throughout the day. Um, it gives her the opportunity if she needs or wants to vent, if she wants to laugh. It gives her the opportunity to not be mom. Um, so many opportunities happen that like with moms i've noticed that even when i could be doing nothing and terry could be doing two different things and what is they do they run past me mom i need this it's like come on i'm right here so and then my advice to moms i have one piece of advice to moms when the opportunity comes to d mom take it there's so many times that i uh terry um i'll tell her you know what go out for a little bit and she'll kind of hesitate and i'll say no just Grab your stuff and go. This is your opportunity. So when it comes, moms, take it.
2: Good advice. Good advice.
4: So what I originally uh, originally had in my head was as a guy, I think we ultimately want to just see a problem, solve a problem. And so in my head, I was thinking, okay, my advice would be to dads is you need to take the kids and you need to get out. You need to go and take them far away so mom has alone time. And to me, that was a great problem-solving technique. I thought I was on. I was winning. This is great advice to all the dads out there. And I asked my wife if she thought of that, and she said no. She said no. The best advice that you can give any dad is to ask the mom, how can I help? What a
1: great idea. I like, I like that. And, uh, you know, uh, I I did that a lot too. When I'd come home and just let her go up into the room, her bedroom and our bedroom, and just hang out. I tried to do that, and then I just rough the kids up. And and I would say the moms, just my advice to moms, or if you're a single mom, uh, you know, let grandpa, let 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 a brother and uncle, let them rough the kids up because they they need they need a daddy roughing up, and they need a daddy. You know, they need that daddy in their life too. So. Don't be afraid when they pick them upside down and throw them around. And then 10 there. minutes
4: later, mom's going to come back and <laughs> yeah. repair everything yeah. that's broken. Yeah, so. all don't worry. <laughs> and
2: all that. You know, another thing that I think is so important is moms often feel really guilty about spending money on anything that will make their life better. And I, you know, I don't think dads deal with as much guilt um, by and large. <laughs> There's always the exception to the rule. But if... You can set aside money in your budget to have some kind of help in, in the house or with the laundry. And that's something that your wife would like. That's money, And that is money well spent. Uh, or if a little bit of something in the budget so she can go out to lunch with friends or something. Because moms tend not to want to spend money on themselves. But I think it's better to even not get the nicer car or the bigger house and and leave a little margin in the budget for sanity, you know. And for for both of you, you know, make sure that your budget has some margin so that you can do something to uh, recharge your battery. Well, it's Mother's Day weekend. What would you gents like to say to your mom on this weekend?
3: Sure, I'll say to my mom, uh, thank you for um, everything you did when uh when my brother and I were growing up uh my dad traveled a lot for business and you always um did a great job uh filling in the gaps when he wasn't there um you did a great job uh when he'd be gone for a week or two and we missed him um not that you were able to replace him but you were always doing fun things with us to try to fill in that gap and I appreciate you for that
4: yeah and I, I you know how what do you say what do you say to A mom who literally brought you into this world and raised you your entire life, basically. But except for just thank you, you know, an utter thank you so much, not just for being my mom, but being there for me. Every basketball practice, every soccer practice you brought me to, every good conversation we had, even the conversations where you felt like I wasn't listening, I was. And not only thank you for raising me and being there for me, but thank you for pushing me. Thank you for pushing me to do things that I wasn't initially comfortable with, but you knew I could do even when I didn't think I could do it myself. And so, Mom, I love you. I thank you. And I'm so glad that you're crying in the living room right now as we (laughs) speak.
2: (laughs) I do want to encourage everybody that don't kid yourself. Most moms really, really get choked up and touched when their children just take a few minutes to express in words, whether that's in a card or verbally, how much they appreciate their mother, and even specifically what you appreciate about her. This is a great time to do that. Uh, Joe, Dave, Michelle, Deanna, you know, feel free to, to do that with me as well.
1: Text her. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Text me right now. No, but, uh, but this is a great time to just get specific with your mom. Tell her how much you love her. And moms, we love you. We appreciate you and are so glad we got to share this time with you.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, for a lot of you are like me, my mom's in heaven. But I think back on Mother's Day, I, I always wrote, got her flowers, and I always wrote on the card, you know, and told her how much I loved her and tried to do that through the year too. And I was pretty good at it, but once they're gone, you wish you even did it more, you know? So moms, we love you. We appreciate you. And um, I have another scripture I want to close with and then pray. And I just want to encourage all the moms. I want to encourage all of us uh, in everything we do in life, uh, raising children, but every area of life, and I just love this scripture and I encourage myself with it often. And it's Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And there's a lot of great applications for this verse. It's that harvest could be in heaven, it could be here. Uh, all, any good thing we do, God's saying there will be a harvest. And some of you moms, your kids are grown and you're praying for them and they're just not walking the walk. You want them to walk right now. And I just want to encourage you keep praying, keep, keep loving them. And you're going to see a harvest and all of us will see a harvest in every year of our life. If we just keep going. And if we don't see it here, we will see it up in heaven. So let's go ahead and pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you again for all the moms and Lord I pray your grace in an extra special way to come upon every single mom and Lord I also pray for that grace to come upon each and every one of us in every area of our life and we just thank you for this weekend once a year where we celebrate moms and Lord we pray your blessings upon them and Lord I pray for everyone else that's watching that's listening and we just ask you to flood us with that very powerful thing called grace And I want to encourage us just to stay in an attitude of prayer. And I just want to speak to those that are watching right now that you're not sure of your eternity. And I'll tell you what, the best Mother's Day gift you can give your mom is to either accept Christ or make it right with Christ if you've walked away. And, you know, the Bible teaches us that all of us are born sin-stained. And we have to come to a place in our life where we We realize it and only God can bring you to that place. I can't force you to be there. And we just say, God, I'm a sinner. And I realize I need a savior and I repent. That's why I sent Jesus. Jesus died and took our punishment. After three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, God raised him up from the grave. He's alive. He's awesome. He's the savior. But I think there's a lot of you watching right now that you're ready. God's moved you to the place, opened your heart and you are ready. To accept Christ you're ready to make it right with Christ. And if that's you I'd love for you to pray with me right now And all you have to do is from your heart meanness. So say this after me say father God. I Realize I was born sin-stained I Repent of all my sins and I look to your answer Jesus Jesus I believe you died for my sins I believe God raised you up out of that grave. The price is paid. I accept you as my Savior, and I make a decision to follow you from this day forward. Amen. Now listen, listen. If you prayed that prayer, miracles happen. If you mean that in your heart, that's called the the ultimate grace of God. We're not saved by our works, but by God's grace. And we have to come to a place where we repent and say, I realize I'm a sinner, God, and I need a Savior, and I'm coming to Jesus. And if you did that, I'm telling you, miracles happen. You're a child of God, heaven's your future destination.